Welcome to another episode of the Common Man's Take on Sports with Kevin and Quentin. All right, Quentin, we've got a little bit of uh, sports to cover here, but I want to start out with the WNBA. So they played their first game on Sunday for the finals, the Las Vegas Aces and the Liberty. And so it went, as I predicted, the Aces pulled away in the fourth quarter. But the even though Asia Wilson had a good game, 19 points, 2 assists, and 8 rebounds on 7 of 11 shooting, the story is her teammates, Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum, and Miss Jackie Young. Those three really dominated the New York Liberty. Chelsea Gray had 20 points, 9 assists, and 6 rebounds. Kelsey Plum had 26 points, 1 assist, and 5 rebounds. And Miss Young had 26 points, 4 assists, and 5 rebounds. And 5 for 8 shooting from 3-point land and 9 of 15 from the floor. And Gray also had was 3 of 5 from 3-point land and 6 of 13 from the floor. So all four of those players thoroughly dominated the Liberty. And so the Liberty, Brianna Stewart, was, did have 21 points, 2 assists, and 9 rebounds, but she was 8 of 19 from the floor, 1 of 4 from the 3-point land, and her teammates didn't give her much help other than Miss Jonquel Jones, who had 16 points and 10 rebounds. Nobody else really helped out, and the Las Vegas Aces kind of ran away with it in the fourth quarter. So I said it would be hard for anybody to beat them, a run that Asia Wilson was on and her teammates, and they've continued that run into the finals. They play again on Wednesday. We'll see if if the New York Liberty can slow them down on Wednesday. But, man, I don't know. that Las Vegas Aces look good. They look good as a team. They're not just a one-person one show. They really banded together to make the... They sent a message to the New York Liberty in that first game, winning 99-82. I think that message was clear. They held the Liberty to 46% field goal percentage and 31 from the three-point line, and they shot 54.7% field goal percentage and 40.9% from the three-point line. So they uh, they thoroughly dominated the game. It was a very fun game to watch. Um, what do you think, Quentin? What's your thoughts on that? My thoughts on this are, you know, um, we we all expected this, you know, um, that the Las Vegas Aces would come away with the win, um, but I did not expect them to have a slow first half and then come back and then wake up in the second half, you know. Um, 99-82. That is what we expected. Um... I actually expected expected a good game, but right now I'm looking at at the score, the stats by the New York Liberty. It's just it's just not uh it's just not that good of stats, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said earlier, her teammates didn't really help her out. Um, Brianna Stewart that they didn't really help her out, and uh. 
you know, when there's a star player on the team, you gotta, you gotta help them out, cause they they can't be the only player to do all that work. <clears throat> uh, and then, not much, but the Las Vegas Aces, um, had four players with at least uh fifteen and more points. Um. Yeah, so I didn't really expect this great of a second half for the Las Vegas Aces. But we did expect to win. Yeah. I think that the La- I still think Las Vegas Aces will win the WNBA Finals. I, I don't, even if the Liberty happen to tie the series on Wednesday, I just think the Aces will be too much. I believe they'll win the WNBA Finals this year. Yeah, um, I gotta agree with you. You know, they're a strong, strong team. You know, they have the great players on our team. Yeah, they're loaded. Yeah, and I, I don't think New York Liberty have enough superstars on their team to um, beat the Las Vegas Aces. I, I just don't think they have enough. Moving on to a little bit of the. MLB action. I know on Saturday the Rangers won, the Astros won, the Phillies won, and the Diamondbacks won. But and so when you look at yesterday's games, the Rangers won again. And I was afraid of that. I told you the way they beat the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. I think the Rangers are going to win that series against the Orioles. Um, their their Rangers are are hot right now. They're they're really playing tough. Their bats are are killing it, and their pitchers are playing decently enough. They're getting the the stops when they need them. They won the first game three to two, and yesterday they won eleven to eight. So the Rangers lead that series two to nothing. The Twins did come back and even the series with the Astros yesterday. I said that would probably be a pretty good series, and it's turned out to be one. I don't think the Rangers Orioles series is going to be a good one. I think the Rangers may sweep that one. We'll see. Yeah. Um, now, now, right now, I'm probably taking the Rangers to go to the World Series. Now, I, what what they're doing to the Baltimore Orioles is just complete torture. Over the first two games of the series, has just been torture. Complete torture. <clears throat> As I look at those series again, I still think the Phillies Braves series will be a really good one. As the Braves came back tonight and got a tough win against the Phillies, and even that series at one apiece. Uh, the two series I told you that I wasn't sure about were the Rangers and the Orioles and the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. And so both of those series are looking to be lopsided right now because the Diamondbacks have got out to a 3 to nothing lead on the Dodgers already. And they are they pretty well manhandled them in that first game, 11-2. They lit Clayton Kershaw up, the Dodgers' first or best pitcher. They lit him up. They finally pulled him from the game because they hit like six runs on him in a row. So, I don't know about that one. That one's a tough one to call. It may not. It may end early. 
The Diamondbacks may sweep that one as well. We'll see what happens as that series goes along. But in my personal opinion, like, like I said before, I think the best two series are going to be the Astros and Twins and the Phillies and the Braves. I think both of those are going to be really good series to watch. And I think it's going to go back and forth for the majority of the series. I'm still picking the Braves to win theirs because I, I think it's going to be hard for somebody to beat them in a, a five-game series. But our five or seven game series, but we'll see what happens. Twins and Astros, man, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to pick the Astros to come out on top of that one, but the Twins may pull that one out. So well, I don't know. Yeah, for me, uh, the Rangers and Orioles, I think it's the Rangers right now. The Rangers have just been complete torture to them. Um, One more game, they have one more game to win if. And there's no possible way that the Orioles can win three straight games. There's no possible way after the first two games of what the Rangers just did to them. For, I don't think so. No. For the Twins and the Astros, um, I'm going with the Minnesota Twins right here. What, what they did to the Toronto Blue Jays was just complete torture. You know, right now, it's it was just complete torture in those first two games when they swept the Blue Jays, and mm. I think I think they can, and I think right now they can beat the Astros. I just don't think. I just have a feeling they can beat the Astros. For the Phillies and Braves, I'm gonna go with the Phillies here. What the Phillies did to the Braves and their pitching in Game One was amazing and right now they've been able to stop Ronald Acuna Jr. in those first two games because he was 0 for 2 today but he did get two runs in so I mean at least he got something but they have just tortured him they've just tortured him uh, with their pitching he'll get going just wait for it him and also both but did you see that incredible double play the Braves pulled to end that game yes that man was that was amazing incredible. Incredible. And so that's why I like the Braves in this game, in this series, and just overall because they have playmakers like that. Yeah, it was Ronald Acuna Jr. who who got who made the double play. Yep. So yeah, I mean that's. I'm so just... so here's that's that's why I like the Braves. So you pointed out that he's struggling behind the plate, right? However, he ain't struggling in the outfield, is he? He's making plays, and so that's why it, what makes him such a great player. And it, you know that, that got him an MVP conversation. It wasn't just his historical season batting and stealing bags, which those will get you there, but he's also a great defensive player out there playing. Well, look like in these first two games he switched to fielding. I mean, Matt Olson isn't doing that good either. You know he's been having. He's been sleepwalking as well. <laughs> sleepwalking, huh? All right. Against that Phillies pitching. So you better watch out because Phillies might beat the Braves. So basically what you're telling me is the Braves just won a game without their two best players hitting the ball. So you're telling me the rest of the team got those hits and helped them win? 
See, once again, that's why I like the Braves to win the World Series because even though their best two players are struggling on the plate, they managed to grind out a win against the Phillies. And once again, that's why I favor the Braves because without their best two players, they still managed to grind out that win. Well, they have a great team, you know. They they have some good hitters on their team. Um, but I just feel like that the Phillies pitching has just been, it's, it's what I've been saying. It's just been torturing them. Today, the Braves said it's not going to be that easy uh, just to, I guess today, the Braves sent a message that was going to say, look, you can get our our superstars stuck out, but you can't get the rest of our team. But I, I still feel like the Phillies are going to win the series. They very well could. They, the Phillies have a really good team. It's not like they're a bunch of slugs or, you know, scrubs. They they have some very good players on that team. Schwarber, Turner, Harper, uh, Ray Muto, Castellanos. I mean, they're, they're, they're stacked, too, with good players. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've been great throughout the regular season with their great players. So, um, this is why I'm picking them, because they're stacked with players just like the Braves. So, yeah, um, as you pointed out a couple, a couple about a podcast ago, and it's going to be a good series, and it's looking like a really good series here. <clears throat> I think so. I think that both those teams have some really good players that are going to make some really good plays back and forth in this series. And I think this will come down to the last game of the series. It's my personal opinion for whoever wins the series. It'll come to the last game. It'll go full, full count for this series. Yeah, I think it will come to the last game, too. Um, okay, so my prediction for the Diamondbacks-Dodgers right now, I'm going to pick the Diamondbacks. Was it a five-game five series for yeah. the second round? Okay. I'm picking the Diamondbacks against the Dodgers. The Dodgers have looked sloppy because mm. the Diamondbacks pitching has been tearing them up, and right now it's tearing them up as well because uh, they're leading 3 nothing, And... Um, and, and their batting has been terrific. I mean, the Dodgers pitching hasn't been able to cut it against that Diamondbacks batting. So, I feel like the Diamondbacks are going to make it to the NLCS. That could be very, very true. Um, we talked about it before, and I told you that the Diamondbacks are hot. They ended the regular season on a hot streak, so they could absolutely carry that through yeah um the season started off great but then they got a little cold and then they made it into the playoffs so yeah they they really could win that series against the Dodgers yep so um yeah I definitely agree that the Diamond. I honestly, I think the Diamondback. I thought going in, the Dodgers would win, but I the Diamondbacks have changed my mind. 
I, I think that just watching them play that first round series and now against the Dodgers, I, I think the Diamondbacks will win that series against the Dodgers. I think the I think you're right. The Diamondbacks will meet will make it to the NLCS. I I have no doubt that they will definitely make it. I think they're playing at, at a high level right now. They're they're on a roll. They're hot. Their bats are hot. Their pitching's killing it. I mean, you couldn't ask for more from a team and their players. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't ask for more. You know, this is a team that um was pretty good actually. You know, as I said earlier, start of the season great, uh, middle of the season cold, and then the end of the season great. And now they're continuing and continuing that hot streak. And I think they might give the Braves some struggles, just like the Phillies are. Yeah. You might be right with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at them. You know, they're just tearing up the Dodgers. And that's, I mean, I was expecting the Dodgers to win that series. But right now, Diamondbacks have changed my mind after game one. I did learn something about the Texas Rangers today that you may find interesting. And you may be a little young to know who this is, but there's a rock group called Creed, right? They were popular when I was younger, probably in my 20s. And so the Texas Rangers players are huge fans of Creed. And yeah. so they apparently they have special... So they play songs in the dugout from Creed during the games. Apparently, they have special handshakes for each song between the players. And so, the group Creed just came out and said they're Texas Rangers fans, <laughs> which is interesting. But yeah, I uh, I saw it today where, where they listen to a lot of Creed's music in the dugout and during the game, and they have special handshakes whenever Creed song plays. Yeah, I learned that today as well. <laughs> Uh, earlier today, I also learned that I was very surprised. But, uh, I mean, it looks like it's mo it's really motivating them. Sure seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, eleven to eight—that's just great. Yeah. Against the number one seed, I mean, against. The second best MLB team this year, eleven to eight. Yeah, that is true. They were right behind Atlanta with uh, record and some of their stats. So, yeah, the Texas Rangers are handling them pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I just thought that was interesting. That little tidbit about uh, the group Creed and the players and how they. They make special handshakes for the songs, and they'll play a Creed song whenever they get a hit or or uh, a home run or whatever as they're coming around coming around the bases back into the dugout. Yeah, or it's RBI pretty. Yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty interesting that they're huge fans of the group as a team in general. Yeah, actually, it's pretty interesting. Uh. Oh, I also, so uh, I want to talk about 
uh, that the Red Sox fired uh, their, I think, hitting coach mm-hmm. and their third baseman coach. I've... Red Sox had a rough year. Yeah. My guess is they're probably cleaning house to start over next year or in the, the winter meetings. Yeah, um, yeah, I was thinking that too when I first saw that because I was thinking, well, I mean, they have been struggling this season. They did struggle uh, a lot this season. I thought the Yanks were going to finish in last place, but they did not. The Red Sox did with a 78-84 losing record. The Yankees actually had a winning record along with the Blue Jays, the Rays, and the Orioles. So four out of the five teams had a winning record. Yeah, um, yeah, that is true. Um, Yankees were lucky that they did not get fifth place because, you know. They were close, 82-80. and Yeah, they were only four games back, so it looked like that they were going to get it, but, you know, they were lucky that they didn't. They're lucky. I will say that Colorado grinded out a tough win against Arizona State this weekend, and I'm I'm really hard on Dion and kind of the way that he does his press conferences and interviews, but I will say that he was very humbled in the one he did on Saturday after that win. Even though they won, you could tell that he was he was very humble because it took a last second field goal just to win that well, game. Well, it took so before they got to that field goal, it took a just fantastic pass from his son Shadur down the field so they could set up for the field goal. I'll say that they had better clock management in that game for sure. Be able to kick that field goal to end the game. But I just want to talk about his thoughts after the game and his uh, press conference interview. You know, all these media outlets are trying to play him up and, you know, make this narrative around him. However, he said in that in that interview, very humbled, and he was like, you know, we played like garbage. Yeah, we won, but we got a lot of stuff to work on. That's, I, Dion talks a lot of trash and does a lot of things, but I, I was very pleasantly surprised by his humbleness in that, in that interview, and to admit that, you know, they, they're still got a lot, a lot to do and a lot to go to be where they want to be, so, I think that was a plus for him to kind of take a step back and be humble in that interview and yeah to kind of you know to kind of um, admit what his uh, how his team played in the Arizona State game you know that was pretty nice it's pretty good yep I agree um, it's good to see that from him because I know a lot of the games at the beginning of the year. You know, his state was like, do you believe now? Do you believe, in, you know, everybody believes in Dion. We believe that he's going to turn, if he stays long enough, you know, who knows if he's going to stay after his sons graduate and move on to the NFL. We'll see how that plays out. But if he stays at Colorado, I absolutely believe that he has the ability to turn them around. Yeah. I just, just not, it's not going to happen this year because you just couldn't plug that many holes. You know, that was my argument with the Carolina Panthers and hiring Frank Wright, right? Everybody was like, oh, yeah, they're going to be better this year. They're going to win games. No, they're not because they were they they were in a rebuilding through the whole Matt role. 
and they're still rebuilding. And so Colorado is at the very beginning of the rebuilding, right? Yeah. Um... And Dion doesn't want to suffer the same success that Jim Harbaugh did. Jim Harbaugh came in to a losing team, won 10 games, and lost to Ohio State. Then the next year, won 10 games, lost to Ohio State, but really should have beat Ohio State. It was a botched call, but whatever. That's that's in the past, 2016. But Jim Harbaugh was a victim of his own success, right? His own immediate success. So everybody expected him to just soar. The problem was they didn't realize that what he was doing, he was doing with talent, lesser talent that only won like five games the year before and so you know he looked really good and then when he had the drop off because he was working on trying to get his own players and make Michigan the place to come to and they had you know a couple of seasons where they weren't losing seasons but they were middle of the road seasons everybody was just bashing for it and you know I don't want that to happen to Dion where he's a victim of his own immediate success, right? Everybody expects the bar to be higher each year. And so it's not going to be like, like that for a little while because first off, Dion's got to get the players to come there, right? Once he gets them to come there, then he has to be able to get more players to come there so he has depth, right? Michigan's in a place now and Jim's in a place now where he's not rebuilding every year. He has depth on his roster, so when a player leaves, they have another great player ready to step up into that role. And so there's not that much of a drop-off from season to season as players leave and, and players replace them, right? Yeah. But it took him seven years to get there. I don't think people understand how hard it is to get to that point where you're reloading and not rebuilding, right? Georgia didn't do it overnight. Ohio State didn't do it overnight. Alabama didn't do it overnight. Like, it takes time to get there. So... I think Dion will get there. It'll be a couple of years. Won't be next year. Probably not the year after. But he'll be there. But I thought it was good to see him kind of humbled in that in that interview. And I there's a lot of props to him because you know he's he was saying the right things and in, in uh, you know doing the right things in that interview. And I thought that was a pretty that was a pretty good uh, look for him, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. You know, it takes time. You know, Dion isn't going to get Colorado in undefeated season and make the college football playoff right away. No. 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 You're not going to get a Pac-12 championship in your first season, no. Um, it takes time. I mean, Jim Harbaugh has been here for like uh, eight, nine years now. It took time. Um, it took time, you know. He's had good win seasons, bad, bad seasons, but... Uh, it took time, and now, and now he's in a place where he can just, uh, if players go to the NFL, he can get better. He he can get good players. He he's got players he, developed, ready to step up into those those empty spots and play yeah. at a high level, right? Yeah, like like when Hassan Haskins left, they had Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, yep. two great running backs. Yep. You look at the wide receiver positions, you know, in 21, a couple left, 22, a couple left, and they've just been plugging them in. Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson, you know, it's 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 an ongoing thing now. They have players waiting to step into that role. 
who buy into what Jim Harbaugh is selling as a coach. And so they stay around long enough to get that that opportunity to start. And so I, I think Dion's on his way there, but it's, it's just going to take time. Like maybe two, three years. I don't know. It's yeah, I think you can do it a little faster now with the transfer portal than when Jim and, uh, you know, some of these other coaches tried had to do it without that that immediate transfer portal. But again, I think I think it's you could do it a lot faster. So maybe Dion could do it by year three. But I just think people's expectations of a playoff contender right away are, are ridiculous. It's gonna take a few years to get there. Yeah, like when Luke Schoonmaker left, they had Colston Loveman come in. You know, as another example. It's um just takes time. Yep. You know, you're not gonna be a college football Playoff contender already, um, in just one season. It's gonna. It's probably gonna take like three, four years for Dion to have Colorado at uh, heights that they have not been on in a very long time. Not since the nineties. Yep. All right, that'll do it for our show today. Um. We don't forget to follow us, hit the like button, subscribe, leave us comments, leave us reviews. We appreciate you guys doing all of that. Don't forget, if you don't like podcasts, we do have a YouTube channel. If you want to recommend us, please continue to recommend us to our friend, your friends, family. Help us grow our podcast. We truly appreciate you guys listening, and we hope you continue to listen. Thank you, and... That is it for today's show.